150 says, Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God in his sanctuary. Yes, praise praise him in his mighty heavens. Yes. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Yes. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Yes. Praise him with the trumpet, the, the lute, the harp, the tambourine, Lord, the dance. Amen. With strings and pipes and yes. sounding cymbals. Yes. says, Praise the Lord. Amen. With everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's a good one. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise. It's good. Yeah. You are so worthy, Lord. Yes. Like that psalm says, God, that everything, Lord, that has breath, praise you, God. For you deserve it, Lord, for what you've done, God. You redeemed us from our sin, God. You have forgiven us for all of our past, Lord. We love you, Lord.
Everybody ought to have their mind stayed on Jesus. Amen. 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 That's where you want your mind at. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing. Thank you, Lord. Good to have everybody here tonight. We had a, a great time last night in uh, South Louisiana in Swamp and Pier Park. He's on. Yeah. And uh, the blessing, we drove down there with what, about seven or eight of us, six, seven, eight of us, something like that. Filled the little house up. Little house, too. Uh, <laughs> and we had a good time. Thank the Lord. We were well received. And thank those people for having us. And uh, the word went forth. And, uh, we weren't too far from you guys over there. Down in Patterson. Uh, so thank the Lord we had, we had the door of opportunity. What a blessing. It's good to be here with everyone today. What a blessing in the Lord to be here. I'm glad to open up God's word and see what the Lord has for us today. Amen. We're here to minister to the needs of the body. Praise. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that the body has, been, has gifts severally throughout as it is. And we want to hear from you. Uh, we want to really have church. Church is not about just one person up front speaking. So, you know, so we want everyone to, to actually interject what's going on in their lives. We want to hear what's going on in your life. I want to hear if there's things that uh, I can help you with or we can help one another with through any struggles or any sicknesses, anything that's going on that uh, people may have on their hearts. Maybe you read something this week you don't quite understand. Maybe you have a, a, a doctrine or a, or a question about doctrine. I want to open that up for, for everyone right now. Does anybody have something on their heart tonight? Praise the Lord. I have a testimony. Okay. Uh, I just want to testify that uh, I had problems with my back. Oh, my God. So many years. And Pastor Don in the church laid hands on me, he and his wife, and the rest of the congregation laid hands on me, and that pain left. I haven't totally been walking very, very straight up, but I have straightened my walk. She means physically, right? We can straighten that right out by being. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What a blessing. Thank you for sharing that. I've been wondering because, you know, you, you mentioned at night and we were praying for you. Hey, the pain's gone, you know? And I haven't heard much from I asked Cedric, have you heard from your grandmother, you know, about it? And so she's declaring tonight, guys, and what a blessing that God still heals today. God's still doing miracles today. She is a walking testimony. She was in horrible pain, she told me that night. And the Lord took it away and it hasn't come back. So praise the Lord. Give the Lord thanks. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Amen. Somebody else? So we got a uh, two two on YouTube uh, asking for prayer. Okay. Uh, my dad is one of them. Okay. And uh, Patricia Reed. Okay. All right. Anybody else need prayer tonight? Anything going on? Okay. We prayed for Tookie last night for diabetes. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Um, anyone else? That's, that's everything. Okay. I got somebody to pray for. Okay. Okay. And you said something, someone? Yes. Um, I would like prayer. Uh, well, not praying for me, but praying with me. Um, I have a brother that's really going through and feeling a 
of you with those feelings? Uh, you know, being delivered, uh, he is a, a man of faith. <coughs> My son Ben uh, and, and Todd there and Don uh, have all been through, uh, and, and Terry and Larry, uh, they were, most of them were, uh, Ben was incarcerated, my son many times, uh, Terry was incarcerated for quite a while, uh, but they, they've been through it, and you, you may want to talk to them before you leave, because they can tell you what not to do, for sure, and what to do to help them. They're all delivered. They were all strong addicts living out of their cars in jail, um, down and out, and, uh, and here they are now. Yeah. And, and just the thing, with my profession, I deal with this here on a daily basis to help people, but it's, 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 it's different when it's family. family. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Because you, because it's, it's, it's a little more difficult to not yeah. enable them. For yeah. sure, you know, you got yeah. to, you got to, because uh, I, I, with Ben, early on um, years, I, I always would bail it out a lot of times of what he was going through, and it wasn't until he ended up going and staying in prison for almost a year and a half, and came out and realized that he was following a pattern when he normally right. would get out, and he, he changed that pattern, you know, he's a great man of God, mm -hmm. I'm so proud of him, he, um, he, he lives incredibly strong to the Lord, both him and Todd, and Don, Don was there too in the same same situation. Uh, all of them were living out in their cars, living on the streets. They were just totally, yeah. by society, like an outcast, you know, right. and no hope, no hope. And God turned all of their lives around. They all they all turned to God, and God yeah. you know, delivered them. One step. There you go. And that's what I'm about. <laughs> yeah. Everybody don't need a twelve step, and I have faith and I believe. Let's, let's go to prayer about these situations. Um, Father, we just want to lift up um, uh, Cedric's dad and uh, Jennifer, the, the other woman that requests on YouTube, Lord. Uh, I just ask God that you would uh, help them. Lord, you said it's the goodness of God that leads a person to repentance. And Lord, that uh, your goodness, Lord, would lead each person there, Lord, to a full repentance where we can live for you, Lord, with all of our hearts, God, as, as we uh, come to a realization, Lord, to turn from from our sins and from what we've done and to turn to you, Lord Jesus, to forsake uh, our old ways, God, and to live for you with all of our heart, Lord. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would open up the eyes of the understanding, remove the veil as we, as we come to you, Lord Jesus, and be, begin to see that uh, those things must stop, Lord, like your word says, awake to righteousness and, and quit sinning, Lord, is what your word says. Lord, I, I, I'm so thankful for the testimony of our sister tonight, Lord, of healing her back, Lord. Uh, what a blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking that pain away. I know how a backache can be very cumbersome, Lord Jesus, and I, I thank you that you still heal and that you want to heal, and your people just need to ask, God, and that live for you, Jesus, that are totally sold out to you. And, Lord, I, I lift up this um, young lady's brother, Lord God, is going through the addiction problem, Lord Jesus, that, Father, you, you know, he says, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil, that, Lord, even if it takes to give these people uh, dreams of hell so that they can see really what's going to happen and that this, this drugs or suicide or anything like that is not the answer, God, but that you're the answer. 
and the only answer for you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, Lord, have your way in these lives, God. Redeem them, God, in Jesus Christ's name as they come to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anybody else have something on their heart? Well, I'll just, I'll just say this. That, um, it seems that the closer that I, in my walk, okay, so I'm going through some trials. And, well, I've gone through some trials and tribulations and fiery stuff, and, and I've prevailed through it. Um, but, you know, in James it says it counted all joy. You go through these trials and tribulations, and at the time I wasn't too excitedly happy about going through it, but I went through it, and I'm gonna, I'll just tell you real quick about this, this story. So, uh, I was a different person in 2016, and I posted some stuff on Facebook about some somebody. And so, Friday night, a guy was waiting for me outside of the parking lot of Callaway's at 40 years, yeah, yeah. years plus, and I guess he wanted to attack me or whatever, but. He's like, where were you August 2019? I mean, 2016. I'm going, I have no clue. Was I with you? He's like, well, you posted some stuff, and I want a personal apology. And I'm going, <coughs> number one, the Lord showed me, and, I, and I've been ministering this today, that resentments, mm -hmm. and people hold these resentments inside. For four years, this guy's been holding on to this thing, and he wanted to attack me. Because the enemy will use these resentments mm -hmm. and completely separate you from what God has for you. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and it is a it is a serious deal that this guy carried on. I don't even know what I posted. That hadn't bothered me in four years. But he's been thinking about this for four years. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in my walk, and then my mom had some stuff and whatever. But in my walk, you know, I am constantly aware that we are in this warfare. Have an enemy that's coming at you. So if you got a guy out there waiting at the Callaway on a Friday night, he took time away from his family. He's worked all week to order. He didn't come up. He came up, the you up. he came up the <laughs> Thursday night and he missed me. And they came up there Friday night. And I'm just like, you know, I I just apologize. The guy's on drugs, volatile. You know, I said whatever I had to say to just kind of get away from the whole situation, but. You know, if we if we think that we're just going to walk through this thing and not have any kind of battles and, and trials and tribulations and things coming against you, you're fooled, man, yeah. because God is working something in me, some perseverance that, you know, because it's, it's opened my about eyes. Right. It has opened my eyes to the resentments mm -hmm. that somebody's carrying around for four years mm -hmm. and making them miserable. He's going to meet me in Calories at 40 years plus to go beat me up. It just blows me. The enemy is just out. He's got he's got the world just, just fooled, man. That you can just walls in the life and go get your ticket stamped on a Sunday and then live in your sin and you're fine. Because that's what that's what's painted out there. That if I, don't, I, I used to go to church, but I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go, guys, it's not about going to church and getting a ticket stamp. It's about a personal relationship. That's, and that, that's the deal. Do you, the people that are going to church and listening to this entertainment for an hour, the guy gives you two scriptures, are you searching the word out yourself? Right, right. Are you praying for God to give you the revelation? Because that's what it's about. It's not about going there and parking and bringing the family and paying your tithe and feeling good in your sin. Right. That, 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 you might as well not even be going. It's just but traditional. The, it, it is. Yeah, it's, it's just it's what the world has painted. It. Yeah. If you go to church, then that's salvation. It's just not right. true. Absolutely. That's good. Praise the Lord. Keep endure. That's 
That's good. Praise That's the Lord. Uh, Joel like prayer as well. Uh, he's another YouTuber. He's on the YouTube. He's okay. like prayer as well. He has his own medication. Father, we lift up Joel to you, God, that you would uh, deliver him, Father, that he would choose to turn, Lord, to you all, all the way, God, that he would understand, Lord Jesus, quicken his understanding of what it takes to make it to the kingdom of heaven, yes, what it takes, Lord Jesus, to have the life in you, that if he holds on to anything, or any of us hold on to anything, we cannot have it. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that, that you've pointed us into in the direction, God, of your word, and to walk it out. Help Joel, Lord Jesus, to come through whatever he's going through, and to, Lord Jesus, be delivered uh, and walk with you with all that he has, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think that, um, anybody have anything else? Anybody before I say anything? I think that what happens with a lot of people is they're waiting on God to do something in their life. They, um, they want to, um, they, they have sin in their life, and they're thinking, well, God's going to strengthen me and get that sin out of my life. And they think they can wait on God and pray about that sin, and then it's going to leave. The scripture says um, that God calls, go, go with me to the book of Acts, if you would. Acts chapter uh, 17. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Yes, sir. Uh, Acts chapter 17 and verse um, 30. It says here, he's speaking to the people here and he says in the times of this ignorance hold that word, hold on, read it there. times of, of ignorance these times of ignorance God overlooked God winked at but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, to repent. Mm-hmm. he's commanding all men everywhere to repent he doesn't say I'm going to repent for you he says he's commanding that you repent, because if you can have sal- there's no way you can have salvation without it. Go with me in the same book, Acts chapter 26. Acts 26, at verse 20. Paul is talking to King Agrippa, defending his case, being in prison. And he says in verse, um, in verse 19, whereupon, O King Agrippa, Paul writes, I was, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, which showed first unto them at Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works suitable or meet for repentance. Mm. This is what's required. As he was talking to Agrippa, this is what's required for us to do in our lives. To come to a place where you repent. You turn from your sin. 
say, well, I'm having this struggle and these things in my life and I'm just waiting for God to take it away. God's not, God's not interested in taking it away. God wants you to turn from that. You have to make that decision. That's what repentance is. Repentance is a change of mind, which is your mind is you. Right. And you change your mind. I'm not going to do that anymore. See, God says in, in John chapter 1, he says, He is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He lights every man. Gives every man that ability. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says that the grace of, he's given the grace of God to every man. He gives that grace to turn from your wickedness. He told, he told uh, um, you remember Cain and Abel, remember the story of Cain and Abel, he told Cain that he must rule over, not kill his brother, but you must rule over that sin. Now, what's happened in, in a lot of the church today, of, which is really problematic and a very uh, devastating to what true Christianity is, is the modern day church has has taught that when you're born, you're born with a sin nature or an Adamic nature, born from Adam's sin, which is one of the biggest lies that and deception that mankind has put on man. So they think that, and I was under that deception for a long time, and many of you were as well, but not all. You were under the deception of thinking that, well, I was born with this original sin or sin nature or Adam nature, and therefore I can't help but sin. And when I began to look into that and see what the real truth was about that, I was, I was astonished because I realized that this was a falsehood that was spoken that nowhere in the scripture spoke about that. Some people twisted a couple of scriptures to say that. But then when I went back and I went to Genesis chapter 3 and looked at the curse after Adam and Eve had sinned, there was no such curse. There was no such curse. There was a curse to all three, to the devil that he would walk on, on his belly and would not be able to walk and eat the dust of the earth, the curse of the, of the woman to, to have to childbearing and the pain of childbearing. It was a curse to Adam. Uh, that he would be out of the garden and work by the sweat of his brow and the curse that his physical body would turn back to dust from dust that came to dust and shall return. But nothing was anywhere that I could find that said that, that I was going to inherit some sin from Adam. And I began to search the scriptures and then I went to Ezekiel. Um, and it would be worth turning to Ezekiel chapter 18. I know a lot of you are familiar with this and bear with it, bear with me, you'll We'll go through it again, but some haven't, and I want this is something that you really want to get cleared up to begin Ezekiel with. 18. With everyone, Ezekiel 18 and verse 20. I want you to read this scripture with me. 18:20. It says this. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Well, I need I need my man Larry to tell me when we're ready to go. I've been there. You're getting good at this, Larry. You, you can navigate now, huh? Hey, where are we going, dude? 18, Ezekiel 18, 20. Go sit next to Larry. He'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are twins if you haven't noticed it, okay? <laughs> like, well, I sat next to him. No, he was over there. <laughs> Ezekiel 18, 20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the sin of the father, neither shall the father bear the sin of the son. So all of our father, the first man that, we, that was created, 
was, was Adam, right? And everybody came forth from Adam. So you were the son of Adam. The scripture says right here that you're, you do not bear the sin of Adam. So think about it. All this time, it started with Catholicism. Huh? Jill says read the next verse. Okay. Uh, all right. Your wife's a good help, mate. Amen? <laughs> okay, it says uh, here, The son shall not bear the sin or the iniquity of the father. Iniquity is just an old word for sin. Neither shall the father bear the, the iniquity or sin of the, son, of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Mm. Yeah, okay. Your you're, righteousness is upon you. That's right. You, you, you get what you do. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You're responsible for your own actions, is basically what it says. You can't blame what you do on Adam. And a lot of people want to do that. I did for years. And when I saw it, I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I just took man's word for it that this was true, and I never researched it. Hmm. So it caused me to go back and research and find out what was, what was going on. Why did it say And So I, I started, it started with the Catholicism when, when Constantine in 300, 325 A.D., he made all the pagans and all the Christians and everybody come into one, 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 one uh, congregation. They all had to fellowship together. And, of course, that's where we got a lot of our holidays from. For instance, like Christmas, December 25th. We know that Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th because they were grazing sheep at that time. You don't graze sheep, sheep in Israel in, in, on December 25th. There's nothing to graze. And, and, and a lot of different things we get for that. But the main thing that was gotten was, and, and actually it even started before that with the Gnostics, and, the, and we'll go get that for another time. Maybe, maybe he'll say something about it. But, but anyway... Constantine did this, and then there was a fellow by the name of Augustine, which actually ended up in the Catholic Church, and he debated with another Pelagius on a big debate of whether man was born with sin nature. Constantine won, out, won over the argument, but before that, all the ancestors and all never believed in a sin nature. There was no such thing. But but uh, but uh, Saint Augustine, he brought over that doctrine because he was a Gnostic before, and that's what the Gnostics believed. We'll get that for another time, like I said. But what happened here is Pelagius believed that man was born a free moral agent with a free will to choose or not to choose. Uh, Constantine believed that you did not have a free will; that you were born with a sin nature, and that you could not help but sin. And without God's help, you could not overcome sin in a way that you, you, you really didn't have a choice. Go ahead, Wes. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you. Good, good. Uh, and uh, if you go along with Ezekiel chapter 18, if you go over to Romans chapter 5, I think this ties into it very well. Romans 5. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. So, Death didn't spread to all men because Adam sinned. Death spread to all men because 
everyone said and followed and, and followed in suit of what Adam did. In another scripture, it says that they didn't, he didn't sin in the same likeness of what, what Adam sinned, but they still sinned. Verse 13, For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. There it is. Sin's not imputed where there is no law. It can't be. Because sin's transgression of the law. So unless one transgresses against the law, sin is not imputed. Just like righteousness cannot be imputed into an individual, it's like what 1 John chapter 7 says. It says, He who doeth righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Because righteousness can't be imputed, sin also, in life manner, cannot be imputed. Because, because sin is a moral choice, and righteousness is a moral choice. Yes. Yes. Um, we, we may have run across it before, but another warning, uh, being deceived, good Don. I like that yeah because that's what it is we, we went by and what happened was when when Augustine went over that then Catholicism said okay if you think about it if you're born with a sin nature then you have sin on you right and if you die as a baby you end up going to hell that's the that's the, that's why the Catholics said well we got to get these babies baptized right away so they christen a baby right when he's baptized but we know that it doesn't work because the Bible says repent and then be baptized, right? Mm -hmm. But that's why that's done. So that doesn't fit either because a, a baby has no knowledge of good or evil, the scripture says. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you go to um, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20, 29. 29, it says, if you want to write that down, we won't go through all these tonight. Uh, but it says that man was born upright. He wasn't born with a sin nature. He was born upright. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 29. Sorry, jot that down. It says that the, the children, went into the children of Israel, their, their babies, had, they, were, they were born and they didn't know good or evil. So they didn't, there's, like, like uh, Wes said a minute ago, um, where there's no law, there's no transgression. Because, trans, because sin is the transgression of the law, the Bible says in 1 John 3 and, 3 and 4. Uh, so, so what happened then when, Const when Augustine went over the, 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 um, the debate with Pelagius, they end up martyring Pelagius. They end up killing him because he had to be kicked out of the, of the Roman church. And then, then we had Martin Luther that came in. And Martin Luther was a disciple of Augustine. Yeah. So he brought the, that same doctrine into the Protestant church. So this thing has just been working its way down. But as you look at the scriptures, you realize, you say, what's the importance of that? Why is that so important? Why do we bring that up? Why do we stress that? Mm -hmm. The importance of it is, 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 as long as you believe that you have a sin nature, then you can make an excuse for your sin. You see? You, you would be able to say before God, well, you know, I was born with a sin nature. I couldn't help but sin. How can you send me to hell for that? You know, that's the best I could do is mess up. You see? But so it's not a sin nature because you're without excuse. 
when you understand it. You're with, we're all without excuse. So we have to make people understand and, and to clear that up first so that you can see you're standing that you are responsible for your sin. Yes. Can't blame it on a mama or a daddy or a grandpa or Adam or anybody else that did anything in your life. You're responsible. You make choices in your life. And God, God created us like that so that we wouldn't be a bunch of robots and just follow. We make our own choices with that. And uh, just like Ben was saying, even on what you think about, what you choose to think on, if you're thinking about things that are bad, then you, you, you're going to get depressed. You're gonna get, you, you can work into those kind of things that can really mess with you. But that's why he's just casting down imaginations and those things that come against you. You know, and, and pulling out all these strongholds, bringing every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. I know you were talking about you went through some things, uh, brother, that that, uh, that was, you know, caused you to be depressed because you lost a loved one, you know, and that's very, very devastating. But like I told Sister Marianne, I said, you know, think about the good times you had with them. Right. You know, instead of thinking about, well, they're gone, you know, think about the good things. You know, Paul, Paul writes that in Philippians 4, Philippians uh, chapter 4, he says, think of those things that are good and pure, and honest, and of good report. Let your mind be on those things. So these are choices that you're able to make. And once you understand that you have a choice, then we can go forward to say, okay, what does the scripture say now? Now that I understand that God has given me the natural ability in every man to obey what God commands. And it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, it's like, okay, I, I, I can do what God said to do. He doesn't command something you can't do. When God says uh, uh, in, in uh, Acts, in, uh, say in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, he says, awake to righteousness and quit sinning. Amen. It's a command of God. Amen. Somebody said, well, I can't quit sinning. Why? <laughs> yes, you can. Well, I mean, yeah, like I, I shared with a guy yesterday because uh, so he, claim, he claims Jesus, that he's, he's, he's living for Jesus and he's got some stuff going on in his life. And I, and I just told him in scripture, I said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things that he commands us to do? If, if I hung on to the sin nature and I just did whatever the heck I wanted to do, why call him Lord, Lord if I'm not doing nothing that he can't commands me to do? I mean, it's real cut and dry, you know, for, for, for me and my life. But it starts with, am I, okay, so I have to work in this world, and I go around filth and I hear it all day long. But when it comes to choosing to sit there and watch that movie with all the cussing and carrying on, I don't do it anymore. And I don't choose to go hang out with people. You've got to make some key yeah, decisions. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself, you don't know, it, bad, bad company corrupts good morals. Amen. He learned that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I wanted, I, wanted some, I wanted different results, but I didn't want to do anything different. Right. You know, yeah. I still want to hang out with the people doing the same old thing, but I want a different result. But, but I kept falling right. on my face in orange. And then this is this is what I've learned over this yeah. time yeah. that you got to cut it all off. Oh yeah, walk in righteousness. We had a, uh, and any time you, any guys who want to join us, we had a great meeting this morning with uh, Wes and a, and uh, a group from um, from Skype. We have Skype meetings every morning from ten to one, about ten to one p.m. And uh, we were talking this morning. I was asking the group about people that um, don't know how to define sin, and we were talking about how to help people in the best way. And, and the first thing we talked about was ju just what we talked about is, is get this out of the way where the scripture says you don't have a sin nature. You can't blame it on that. You have a choice and you need to go forward. The next thing is, is to define sin. What is sin? 
because you want to define that, because that's what Christ is telling you to quit doing. So let's see what let's see what the scripture says and defines sin that he's sin that he's talking about in the scripture that will keep you from the kingdom of God. This is important, right? I mean, this is extremely important. Get the foundation right to begin with. So let's turn to 1 John chapter 3 and define, and let's let the scripture define sin for us. It's not a faith, it's sin. 1 John chapter 3. <clears throat> Chapter 3 and verse 4. Let me know when you're there. There. Okay. Verse 4 says, Whosoever or whoever commits sin transgresses or breaks also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Okay, so if you break the law, you, you sin. Okay, the next thing could be defined, okay, what is the law? The law is the commandments of God, right? You know, the, the, all the law is fulfilled in, two, in the first two commandments. What are the first two commandments? Anybody tell me? Uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second was like the first, and what does it say? If you love your neighbor as yourself, and you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, there is no way you can commit a sin. If I, if I love you, brother, and you, and you are, I love you with all my heart, am I going to steal from you? Am I going to kill you? Am I going to you know, uh, do anything against you? No, I, I wouldn't do that because I, I love you. you. You're my brother, you know? And that's what he's telling us to do. do. That's my neighbor. I, lo I love him uh, with, with all my heart. I love him as I love myself. So it makes it impossible to sin. So in the rest of the thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not. Uh, commit adultery, you know, and so on and so forth. The, these are the things, if we break those, that is sin. That is the transgression of the law. Yes, yes. And let's just, while we're there, let's just go down a little bit further with these verses. Look at verse 5. And you know that Jesus was manifested to what? To take away our sin. Yes. And in him is no sin. So if you're in Christ, there's not any sin. He, he was manifested to remove all of our past sin. Listen, when you come to Christ in sincerity, and you have godly sorrow, and you repent, you turn, you forsake your sin, then all of your past sin is as though you never even committed it. It's forgiven. It's washed away. So that's what he did. So in him, there's no sin. All right, let's go further. Whosoever abides in him, whoever keeps walking in him, does not sin. Whoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. Now, some people in some translations will put the word in practice there which uh, really, you'll see this in certain parts, but really it means to do or to execute. It doesn't mean like you're practicing over and over and over. You're like saying, how many times would you have to practice murder to be a murderer? That would make sense. Okay, I'm only, I'm only murdering once a month, so I'm okay, right? You know, uh, you know as long as I, or I'm only killing somebody, you know, once a week. As long as you don't practice it. As long as you don't practice murdering, you know. So that doesn't really make sense. And if you go to Revelation 21, 4, sometimes look, it doesn't even use that, that terminology. But anyway, it says, so So he says in verse 7, let little children, let no man deceive you. I always get a red flag when I see in the scripture where it says, don't let anybody deceive you. That means that, they probably, that a lot of people are probably getting deceived like this, is what he's getting ready to tell me, because people are deceived. And what does he say? Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. Now, we'll hear a lot of times today with a lot of people that 
call themselves Christians that say, I'm the righteousness of God. I've inherited Christ's righteousness. It's not about what I do that's right, but it's about what he has done. He's already done it. He took my place on the cross. He's living it out for me. It's his righteousness. That's a falsehood. That's not true. And we've all been told that. And we, some of us have even said that. But the scripture says, what did it say? He that does righteousness is righteous. Now, if I'm not doing righteousness, am I righteous? I can't say that Jesus gave me his righteousness or anything because I'm not doing it. At least if you're going to say, well, Lord, give me the righteousness, then I would say, well, are you doing it? Because if you're not doing it, you don't have it, right? You don't have it. So you just got to think about it. So let's not be deceived into thinking that, because that's what he meant, don't be deceived into thinking that I'm righteous if I'm not doing righteous. You see, so, so you look, you break the scripture and see what it really says. Now watch what it says here. After that, the next verse. He that commits sin is of the devil. That's a hard blow. Right? But you know what you have to do? The Bible says in James chapter 4, he says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If a man finds that he's got sin in his life, he needs to humble himself. Yes. And he needs to come before God and he needs to say, you know what? That's right and I'm wrong. Right. I need to deal with it. Because it says if I'm sinning, I'm of the devil. Do I want to remain being of the devil? No. no. I want to repent of this. I want to turn from, that, from all sin mm -hmm. with godly sorrow and repentance and then I can have salvation and then I'm a child of God instead of a child of the devil. Amen. You see? So here he says, he that commits sins of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. What? Let me ask you, I just want to give you this scenario. In the beginning, what happened? Adam and Eve were in the garden. God had told Adam, don't eat of the tree of life, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was in the middle of the garden, right? Okay, there they are. And then, then the devil, which was in the form of a serpent, serpent, came to Eve and begins to ask her all about what she could eat and not eat. He, 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 she began to tell him, well, we can eat of all the fruit, of all the garden. It's so wonderful. It's great. But there's this tree up in the middle of the garden. And God said, not to eat the fruit of it. And uh, the devil says, uh, you can. And, and she says, if you eat it, then you'll die. And he said, oh, you surely won't die. You can eat the fruit. So she looked at the fruit. And she saw, well, it looks good. It looks juicy and sweet and, you know, all this stuff. You know how sin does, you know? Like it, the devil tries to deceive you to think you're like, oh, you'll enjoy that, you know? It's, it, it, it's going to make you feel. He never tells you the consequences of your sin. He only tells you how good it's going to make you feel at that moment. Because sin is pleasure for a moment. The scripture says that. So he, she tells her how good this would be. And, and what does she do? She, he told her, he said, you can eat that fruit and you won't die. I want to ask you something today. People are saying the same thing today. They, they want to say that Jesus came to fulfill what the devil promised. The devil promised you could, you could eat the, the fruit of the tree and not die. Man today is promising you can sin and you won't go to hell. That's the same thing. So think about it. That's the same thing the devil was saying to Eve. So the preacher, uh, the false preacher, the false prophet, the one in sheep's clothing, you know, but everyone's a raven wolf, he's coming and telling you, listen, you can sin and you won't go to hell. God's blood covers it all. His righteousness covers it all. You're good to go. Get your ticket stamped by coming up forward and accept the Lord and ask God to forgive you and you continue in your sin. Sin has got to stop. Quit fooling yourself. 
It's got to stop. You know, uh, so, so let's go further. Let's go, let's go a little bit further in this. This is getting good. Go ahead, Wes. What you got? Second Peter chapter two that says that they will promise they're promising you freedom, but they themselves are bond service of corruption because they can't stop sinning. Remember Jesus said in John chapter eight, he said this. He said, "If you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free." And a lot of people sing songs about being free. Oh, I'm free to sing. I'm free. That's not what Jesus was talking about. They asked Jesus, says, the, 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 the scribe of the Pharisees." We be the children of Abraham. We've never been in bondage to anybody. What do you mean be free? That's what they were saying. And Jesus said, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But in whom the Son sets free, he's free indeed. Huh? Do you get that? If I'm sinning, I'm a slave to that sin. He said, and he, that's what he said, that they're promising you liberty, they're promising you freedom, while they themselves are bond service to corruption because they still sin it. You've got to get free from that to where you can live in victory in the Lord. The scripture says that he that believeth that Jesus, Son of God, overcomes the world. Amen. In 1 John chapter 4. Yes. He overcomes. Amen. Let's go further with this. A little further if you bear with me. So verse 8, he that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning for this purpose. This is the very purpose that the Son of God came, was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm -hmm. What did he come to destroy? What was the works of the devil? Sin. Sin. That's what, that was his purpose. That was the purpose of Jesus coming. So that, so that, you, so that you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have that on you anymore. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. For God's seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. If you, if, if, that's speaking in the present tense. That doesn't mean that you can't sin in the future because you always still have a choice. But if you live it in Christ, you're overcoming and you can't because his seed is remaining in you. Matter of fact, if you turn with me to verse, chapter 5 of 1 John while you're there. Chapter 5. Yeah, chapter 5. In verse 18. Uh, 
says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, does not sin. But he that is begotten of God keeps himself. Well, I'm just waiting on God to keep it. Well, he said he keeps himself. Keeps himself and that wicked one who's at the devil doth not touch him. Scripture says in, in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I know you a lot of you are familiar with the scripture, it bears repeating. It says, no temptation has taken man, but such as is common to man. So we, we all get tempted. We know that temptation is not sin. We define it as sin. Temptation is not to sin. It's giving into the temptation that's the sin. Okay? Understand that. A lot of people want to say, well, if you're tempted, you sin. If you have a thought that comes at your mind, you sin. No, the Bible says that you take the shield of faith. Why? To quench all those fiery darts that are coming at you. We all get those darts. That's why I said in 1 Peter 5 and 9, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, you got an enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking who be made to fire. So you've got an adversary that comes at you to try to tempt you to, for you to make the wrong choice. But thank God we overcome. So it says that he keeps himself from, the, from that. Then he's got people beating him outside the gym that want to beat him up. So, yeah. He's a full-time employee. So he says, all that live godly shall what? Suffer persecution. You know, and count it all joy. When they speak, all men of evil love you and persecution, do all these things to you. Count it joy because that's what they did to Jesus. It's marvel not that the world hates you, for they first hated me. Beware when they speak well of you, he said, because something's wrong. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, so we're defining sin. Now, I want, while we're in First John, I want to, and we're First John 5, I want to show you something there that, that, need, that you need to look at. Uh, in verse... Uh, 1 John chapter 5, we're going to go to verse uh, 16. If any man see his brother mm -hmm. sin a sin, mm -hmm. which is not unto death, mm -hmm. he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. Mm -hmm. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. A lot of people read over there. I, I have in the past one other. What in the world is it talking about? A sin unto death, a sin not unto death. I wanted, so we're defining sin. So I want to talk about what are those sins. My major thing is I want to look at what are those sins that are unto death. Because the Bible says in, in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is the eternal life. So I want to find that death is separation from God. It's eternal damnation. It's not inheriting the kingdom of God. So I want to find out what are those sins of death, and I want to make really sure that I'm not doing those things, right? Long list, this big long list that says uh, adulterer, fornicator, adulterer, a long list that says will not inherit the kingdom. It says it several times, but, you know, just to kind of, we've talked about this millions of times, but, you know, running the red light on accident is not a sin unto death, but fornicating or adultery. Or running the red light on purpose. Running the red light on purpose is a different story. <laughs> well, if you've been convicted of it several times, you just keep on running right through that crazy thing. With you. A lot of things can be sin somewhat. Uh, what's not a faith is sin. He that knows to do good, it doesn't do it, sins. So there are, there are sins. But there are sins that are not unto death. Sins that are not unto death could be sins that are 
like presumptuous sin. Yeah. Sure. David said in Psalms 18, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sin. Something you didn't realize was wrong that you didn't realize you did it. For instance, if I said something to, uh, to, to, to Larry and said, Larry, uh, you know, and, and I offended him something, and I didn't even realize I offended him, and, he, and, and then it was pointed out to me, and I realized, oh, wow, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Larry, I'm, I'm sorry I said that. I said it again, Larry. But, but that would be not a sin unto death. Um, you know, something that you're not aware of. Say, I, I'm talking to my wife, and my voice is getting a little loud. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the Lord starts telling me, you know, you had, your voice was a little loud there. I'm not talking, I'm just looking over there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anybody. anybody. <laughs> and, and, and the Lord may speak to my heart and say, you know what, you, you need not to do that. And, and then I'm going to say, okay, Lord, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't do it. But if I turn and say, you know what, I'm going I'm to talk loud to you anyway. I'm going to get louder. And then I'm shunning, I'm, I'm quenching the spirit, and I'm being disobedient, and I'm, and I'm doing like he said, why do I call him Lord to do not the things he says? So then I get in trouble at that point, you see, so you see what it's talking about. But the, there's several warnings, like Ben said, five different times in the scriptures that list these scriptures, these sins that are unto death. And, and let me just show you what, what, why we're pretty close. Just let's go to just a, a book or two ahead. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21. Everybody following okay? Any questions so far? Yeah, 21. This is Revelation 21, and we'll begin at verse 7. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. Yeah, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. son we're feeling warmer now. We're starting to get close now, brother. Good, amen. <laughs> Come on in, brother. <laughs> so, so you're overcoming. There's an overcoming there. And I will, he will inherit his sons, but, uh-oh, there's a but. Look out, when I see the buts, I'm like, okay, what else? Uh, but the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, liars, whoa, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Those, are, why does it say sins of death? Because he says, they're going to have eternal death. Mm -hmm. That's what sins of death are. These are sins wow. unto death. Wow. You see, it, it, it's listed here. So Maybe you, we should elaborate on what that fearful means. It's not the fear of God. Right. That. A, a distrust in the Lord. Yes. So that's one list. That's the first one. Um, you can also find, this, find the same things, and we, we've done this many times. In Galatians chapter 5, and I want to do it for the sake of those that are new here. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19. Just to show the list again that he says. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred. Now, this, now, now, let me share this to begin with on that verse. It says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Now, I want to stop right there just a minute and park there a minute. First of all, there works of, in the book of James, chapter 4. Look at James, chapter 4, and verse 6. Verse 5 says that the spirit that dwells in the Holy Spirit, it, 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 it lusts, it desires to envy, it wants all of you. The Holy Spirit wants all of you to be given over to the Lord. 
And he says, but God gives more grace. Wherefore, God resists the proud. What's the proud being going to say? I'm good like I am, man. I got my ticket stamp, like Ben said. I'm going, I'm going in, man. I'm good. I, I went forward. That preacher patted me on my back, told me everything was good to go. You know, instead of really looking at what the Word of God said. Look, in result, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for those things that we've done in our body, whether it's good or bad. Every one of us is going to be before God face to face. And we're going to be a, give account for those things that we've done. So you got to get this right now. Because if you can't wait to get it right later, it'll be too late. Because the Bible says in Revelation 21, 29, that nothing defiled can enter into the kingdom of heaven. No sin can make it in. So you've got to make sure you're clean now. And that's what we want to take care of. Yeah, man. Verse 7, we can't get this close and not read it. It says, therefore submit to God. Are we getting there? You're getting ahead of me. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. I'm going there. Well, just in case you wanted to flip You want to finish preaching tonight? (laughs) Okay. Okay, back back where we were. We're going to go there. We'll be at this way. Go ahead and preach. (laughs) So God resists the proud man. But he gives grace to the humble. When you come to a place, 2 Corinthians 7.10, it says that godly sorrow leads to repentance, and repentance to salvation. When you come to a place finding that you're guilty of those things that are sins unto death, a person needs to humble theirself. Real brokenness and godly sorrow. Saying, God, I'm not going to make it. Proverbs 16.6 says that by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. You need to understand that you need to fear what you're going to be facing one day. You need to put in your minds, like right now, like, okay, I'm face to face with God right now for all of eternity. He sees everything I did and everything I didn't do. How do I want to face it? Because that is determined by your life right now. And you need to understand that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a, of a living God. So David said, when I read your word, Lord, I trembled and was afraid. Preachers today will tell you, you don't, you don't need to be afraid of God. You don't need to fear. I so said, you just need to reverence him and all this, but you don't need to fear him. The Lord said, fear him not who is able to, uh, um, what, fear, fear him not who is able to, to uh, kill the body. But fear him after he has killed the body is able to cast the soul into hell. He says, if your, arm, if your right arm offends you, cut it off. Cut your whole arm, the whole of your arm off? He says, first, better to go to heaven with one arm than go to hell with two. You see, whatever, and that's saying whatever's in your life that's, that's holding you up, something you're holding on to, cut that part of your life out. Whatever it is. Get away from it. That's what we were talking about earlier, is that like I had to get rid of this, this where I was going, I had to get rid of these of hanging out with these certain friends. I had to, I had to make I had to make uh, make choices that were going to have a pat that were going to change the result of the pattern that I was having in my life before. So you cut those things out of your life, and so so that you can make this a way where you could go to heaven. Because he said, straight and narrow is the path that leads yeah. to life, and few there be that find. There's only a few. It's not the masses. The masses are saying you're going to go to heaven. 
because God just loves you so much and he yeah. took your place on the cross and he's your sacrifice and you go into heaven with your sin. Not so. I'm here to tell you tonight, you need to fear God and you need to pray before God if need be. If these, if these things don't fit in your life, and you need to cry out to God in repentance. Yeah, Psalm 51 says that the sacrifices of God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite spirit he will no wise cast out. Amen. So he's saying here, God resists the power, gives grace to the humble. The humble man can get grace. Grace to, to, to be forgiven for all of his past sin. To, uh, uh, to be able to, to live godly, a, a, a holy life, blameless, as it says in Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Then we go on, then, <laughs> to your verses. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Let's talk about that a minute. How do you submit yourself to God? When you go to work, Todd, and your boss tells you, hey, Todd, go get that wheelbarrow and mix up that mix and bring it on over here. I ain't been telling nothing, Todd. I hope you, I hope you, you say, what do you say? Yep, yes, sir. Uh, well. <laughs> well, you should say it anyway, Todd. <laughs> I've been struggling. That's the way I'm going to Oh, boy, we hit a nail on the head, didn't we? Please promise I am there, Of all people, Todd, I think you. I, I, str I struggle with my friend, coworker, boss, we argue a lot at work. Okay, Todd. Uh, yeah, okay, Todd, this is what you need to do, okay? Obey the word. He said, he said those that have bosses, that service their bosses, obey what they have to say. And if you can't do that, then go get another job. Yeah. That's right. That's That's right. Right. Okay? But normally, <laughs> I'm not going to say anybody's name is that. Normally, when you work somewhere, you say, boss, what you want me to do? Right? Yeah. You say, boss, what would you have me to do? You're submitting to him. Right. You say, that's what God says. Okay, Lord, what would you have me to do? Yeah. I'm going to look at your word. Okay, this is what your word said. Plain yeah. is that. I'm going to do what your word said. What yeah. would you have me to do? Yeah. That's submitting to God. Yeah. Yeah. You see? And then he says, resist the devil. And what's going to happen? Yeah. He's got to go. Promise. So, so a lot of people just say, well, I'm going to pray to resist the devil in the morning. And then the rest of the day, going through the day. And they and they just let the devil run over them. After you're going through the day, you, you, you resist those temptations. You resist the enemy coming to try to put those things in your, in your mind. Listen to me. Every one of us goes through days and times where darts are shot in our mind continuously. He's vicious. He is vicious. He's shooting fiery darts continuously. Before, when we were in the world, when we didn't know God, we just went about doing those things, whatever came into your mind. But now that you know God, or rather or known of God, then you now you resist those thoughts that come to your mind, yeah. and you you don't you change your mind. It's not that you sit there fighting those thoughts. You want to change your mind and put your mind on those things that are good, mm -hmm. and honest, a good report. It's just like Ben said, say that fellow that for four years he wanted to kill Ben, he wanted to beat him up for something he said, and those thoughts just kept coming in that guy's mind, and he just. And it could have been the end because the Bible says we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Right. So, so it's not the person that was really the problem. It was really the enemy that was putting that in that person's mind to come at you 
and human guys to, 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 to come at you and see if he can get you to move. That's right. And you brought forth good fruit in it because you apologized to the man and you, you humbled yourself right. and, and, and God worked it all out. Fine. And that's, part, that's exactly what the scripture talks about. You resisted the devil and he flee from him. So through the day, as you're going on, when those thoughts become, begin, say, man, I'll say sometimes like a thought will come and say, I don't want to think that. Lord, I don't want to think that. And I, and I get out of it. That guy had lived in his own prison for four years. Yeah. He had one prison cell that he built himself, you know, because uh, he held resentment like that, you know. I mean, it was, uh, it didn't bother him anymore because he didn't even know about it, you know. I just think the, the Lord has just painted this for me to see that, that a lot of people walk in that. Man. I know. They're mad at their mom and dad way back in the day, and they're mad they're at their mom and dad. And they you know. live in this, man. Yeah. They walk around, and they just, I mean, they're just miserable people because the enemy, he's going to put you in some type of bondage, whether it's drugs, whether it's sex, whether it's being exactly. angry at this person. Yeah. He's got you. If he, you're walking in that bondage, he's got you. Yeah. I, I want to give you a scripture that um, Wes and I have been talking a lot about in Ephesians chapter 2. Hold your place in, in James. We're coming right back there, but I just want to give you a scripture here that kind of kind of uh, shows that kind of life, uh, which should be your prior life. It's not. It should become your life right away. But in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, these were people that had come to the Lord, that had made a decision, a choice to leave their past life, and uh, they were walking in Christ, and Paul addresses them in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1. And he says, and you hath he quickened, quickened means made alive, uh, who were dead in trespasses and sins. When you're not in Christ, when you're not living a holy life in Christ, the Bible considers you dead. 1 Timothy chapter 5 talks about the woman that lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. So you're living really as a dead, like in walking around like a dead person. Because you're really not alive until Christ makes you alive. And when you're alive and Christ makes you alive, you never die. You have eternal life. Okay, so you never have death if you continue on. Wherein in time past, in time past, I want you to notice that, you walked according to the course of this world. Following what everybody else was doing. Your daddy did, everybody did. You followed that same course. Trying to make a, trying to make a lot of money, trying to get your education, trying to, trying to get pleasure, you know, trying to make yourself feel comfortable, all those things, because that's kind of what the world kind of portrays. According, you were walking according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Mm -hmm. You see that? Mm -hmm. What does the Bible say? You fight not against flesh and blood, Ephesians 16, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. You were walking according to the prince of the air. Whatever came to your mind, you were doing you were walking in that. Let's look at the next part. The spirit, that's the same spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Now let me ask you something. If you're walking in disobedience tonight and you're not walking in full obedience, then guess what? You fit in that category. You're following the prince of the air. You're following the course of this world and it will lead you to destruction. So you gotta, you gotta see that. Because he said, this is, this is what works in the children of disobedience. All these people saying, well, I got the righteousness of Christ. Of course, I'm still sinning. Guess what? They follow the prince of this air. That's right. They're deceived. They've got a veil over their eyes and they can't see. Like it talks about in 2 Corinthians 4. They can't see because they blinded 
by the, with the sin that's I in their life. I just want to share this real quick just because uh, this is what I've been encountering lately in my walk. So uh, my boss, who he believes he's a believer, and he's actually living with a woman and all this. And so I told him, we're, we're working out together. I told him, I says, listen, you call yourself a Christian man of God, and you're, uh, and you're walking in disobedience. He said, he told me that the Lord, when he sees him, him and his girlfriend, that he sees them as being married, and that's their family. And I just want to paint the picture of So the Lord must be blind. The world, <laughs> the world is just painting, that they are just skewing what's reality, and that God won't even see our little, he just sees as a little family that we're married, and that I'm not fornicating, that we're just, he sees us like that. How do you know what the Lord sees you like? You're claiming to be on fire for Jesus, and you are like far away. And so I, I, mean, I had to tell him, but that's what that's what's going on out there. Justify your sin. Is that you're always gonna you're always gonna live in sin, and you're not gonna have the victory, and that it's just it's just defeat. It's exactly what Satan is just painting, and people are just buying right into it. Man. Any of your brother uh, on Skype want to say something, David, or anyone? Interject. All right, then let's go to verse three. There, I want to read that. It just finish this up right here. Uh, among he says, verse verse three. After the following work, works of uh, the work, the children that worship the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation. That means the way that you lived in times past, in the desires of your flesh. You're trying to do with this, trying to please this, trying to please the flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Yeah. You know, whatever came in your mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So you, you did those things because you, through practice, <laughs> sinful habits, you, you, you actually make yourself into that kind of nature sure. that you're just following this, sure. it, it becomes natural to you. And the truth is, with, it's my own pride and ego with, with that work with my boss. Oh, we get some confession now, huh? Come on, brother. I don't know what he talks to me, so I have to tell him this. And guess what? It'll ruin an hour, two hours, three hours of my day. Resenting him over this. It just causes calamity. And usually instantly I'm convicted that I just did wrong. And I, you know, and I... Okay. Okay, I'm glad you brought it up. You confessed it. Uh, so I want to tell you what you need to do. Okay, can I do that? You might. Okay. Um, what you're doing is you're walking in disobedience. Okay? Uh, the Lord didn't just say repent from some sin. You've gotten rid of the drugs. You've gotten rid of the fornication. You've gotten rid of some things. And, and, but you got to come all the way. you got to have a full repentance of turning from that too. Uh, the boss, the Bible even talks about having a crooked boss that we still must honor. Uh, not in an honor of way that we think they're right with God, but it's still, you, you, when you work, the scripture says to work heartily is unto the Lord and not unto men. And to honor your boss. So if you're going to work that job, and, and you have a choice, you know, the Lord gives us choices, but I think that you probably need to stay there where you're at right now and not leave because of that, because it's something that you're dealing with and you need to deal with that and come through that. And you need to repent of it that means turn from your old behavior, ask God to forgive you for that, and begin to treat him with love and respect, saying win him to the Lord. Okay? And also 
mainly for you though, because you, you, you can't continue that kind of behavior. You haven't had the full repentance if that be the case. That means you can't have salvation till you do that. Okay? I just want to help you, you know, because I want you to come through that. Okay? Good. But I'm going. That's nice. That's good that you humble yourself enough to, to admit that and say that. And you know, you sat there after you said it the first time, and the Holy Spirit was dealing with you, and you said, you know what? I I need to just go ahead and let him know. And you confess it in front of everybody here, and that's that's a blessing, you know, because the angels rejoice in heaven when somebody comes to a true repentance. Because I believe you want that repentance. I don't believe you want to do that. You want to come out of that. And what does that say about my walk? a bad testimony, right? We expect that from the world, okay? We expect that kind of behavior from them. We expect them, I mean, look what they did to our Savior. They hung him on the cross. They cut John the Baptist's head off. They, they stoned Stephen to death. These were great men of God who only loved and spoke the truth. So we have to expect that from the world. We don't defend ourselves in that. The Bible says, don't render evil for evil, but rather return a blessing with heap coals on their head, you return that blessing to them so that they can see your life that you don't follow the same course of this world and they see your life and glorify God. Say, wow, that guy's different. Okay? Uh, very important. But uh, thank you for sharing that. And that's good. We pray for, pray for you and, that, and, uh, and just confess it and say, you know what, repent. I changed my mind. I'm not going to do that anymore. That's how we win. Okay? Praise the Lord. Let's go back to, uh, uh, where were we guys before we were in, uh, we went to Ephesians? Ephesians 2. This time? Wow, we look like we're not going to make it to James tonight, huh? Probably not. <laughs> okay, um, we, we've got just a few minutes left, um, but we were talking about, uh, we, we, tonight we covered, just to, just to give a conclusion of what we talked about, we talked about um, sinful nature, that you're not born with a sin nature, you're not born with an Adam nature. There's no excuse for your sin. You make your own choice. We defined what sin was, of, uh, what sins are to death were, and sins not are to death, so that you know, you know and understand that. And we know what it takes to make it to the kingdom of heaven. Uh, guys, there's only going to be few, the Bible says, it's strive to enter in. God asked the Lord, he says, there are few that enter. He says, strive to enter. For many shall strive to enter and shall not be able. Because you have to do it God's way. Yeah. And there was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, what do I need to do to go to heaven? And Jesus says, you know the commandments. And he said, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not uh, steal. And he named them off. And the, guy, the young guy says, man, hey, I, I've done all those since I was young. Right. Man, he thought, man, I got... I'm good to go. I can stamp my ticket. And the Lord says, hey, one thing you lack. Uh-oh. Well, one thing you lack? You mean you can get 99 right? And one thing, see, God doesn't grade on the curve. You got to have 100%. Not, he said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Pick up your cross and follow me. And you know the story, the man walked away sorrowful. How many sins did it take that man, man not to be able to make it with God? How many sins did it take Adam and Eve to commit to get kicked out of the garden? So you got to get it all right. 
Doesn't that fit? God was out of brokenness to the Lord. The Bible says that in Proverbs 28, uh, 28, 13, it says that, that uh, he that covers his sin shall not prosper. Somebody says, oh, God just covered my sin. He's covered it. No, he says, but he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have mercy. It takes a confession. Like it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it takes a forsaking of the sin. You see, it's not going, going, repenting and going back. Repenting and going, no, it's God is weary with repentance. He said in in, in, in uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter fifteen. But God wants you to once and for all uh, put it all behind you. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And again, it's just like what you said. What you what you said, Todd. Love works no evil. Love does not hurt. Love does not talk back. Love does not do those things. But love keeps giving, right? It's kind. It's gentle. It's able to take all that and keep going. Okay, through Christ. Christ has given you the ability to walk through that and walk it out. I want to share something with you. Okay? In in the book of Philippians chapter 4, it says this. It says, to rejoice in the Lord. And he says again, I say rejoice. He said, let, let your moderation, your gentleness be made known to all men. For the Lord's at hand. The Lord is here. And he said, let your request be made known to God. With all prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You've been hurting. Okay? I know that. You've been hurting. And, and you need to ask God. Because I, I, I feel your pain right now. You need to ask God, Lord, First of all, I want to make things right with you. I want to turn from my old ways of the way I walked, and I want to give it all to you. But I'm hurting, God. I need you to take this pain away. I'm going to leave this. And the Lord says this. He says, when you do that and you begin to thank him and say, Lord, I've asked you now. I'm thanking you for what you've done. He says, then then he's going to give you a peace that passes all understanding. Praise the Lord. That when... You won't even understand how how can I be at peace? How can I have this joy and be with what's happened to me? But see, that's what the Lord wants to give you. If you'll take the steps toward Him, like we read a little while ago, He said, "If you'll draw near to Me," He said, "I promise, I'll draw near to you. I'm gonna be there for you. I'll be there through you." See, it doesn't matter how big we are. Sometimes the bigger we are, the harder we fall. You know, we 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 need we all need the Lord. We all need the Lord. We all need to walk with Him and, and walk in His way. And, and I, I don't need to speak to you in front of everybody, but I, I want to help you. I want to be there for you. I want to share with you what's going to give you peace and what's going to give you joy and to come through what you're coming through. Because um, too many people, you know, think, well, maybe there's another out. There's no other out. It's just Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Just him only. So... I just want to share that with you, man, and because I want to see you have that peace that passes all of I want to see you be filled with the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Uh, anybody on Skype? David, I know you have something to say. <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> I was sitting here with I was going to first. <laughs> I know. No, come on, David. I just wanted to share and listen. Praise God. You are sitting in a room full of love. 
from genuine people with genuine love. This is the appointed time. This is the day of salvation. Amen. There's no better time to just repent before God. And we've got nothing to give. Everything to get. Thank you, Lord. And it's all in faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dave. You got brothers and sisters praying. All of us. Amen, brother. Amen. I'm going to turn on the camera. Don't get scared. <laughs> oh, boy. There he is. All right, David. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank I just want to rejoice and, and praise be to God for what a glorious day today of sharing with brothers and sisters, of, of opening God's word, of sharing convictions, of opening our hearts, uh, confessing faults one to another, yeah. and, and fulfilling yeah. the law of God. Yeah. What a beautiful day and what a beautiful night sure. to hear God's word and to, to see you share your heart. And, and to, to just know that we are all in this together. Amen. This, is how, this is how it works. None of us are above or below. We Amen. are in this fight together. Thank you, Lord. And we are here for each other. And God knows that. What I'm saying, he, he knows is true. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Amen. Uh, how about somebody else, brother Chris? Uh, you still there, or anybody else on there that want to share something in closing to the people? Hey Don, I'm here, but uh, driving, but uh, listening in, and uh, very uh, thankful to to be able to be part of it. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Chris. God bless you, brother. You wonderful brother. I appreciate all of you. Thank God. Uh, you you and uh, Wes both, I think, are driving today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben said y'all just need to keep driving and come on over here with us. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, wonderful time in the Lord, huh? Amen. What a wonderful time in God. Yes, sister. Concerning that, here I was, well, here it is, was praying for a 
because I have a problem blinking my eyes. She had the wrong impression. Instead of she asked God for a healing for me or what, what, what mm-hmm. you know, what really was it, what it was mm-hmm. that was causing me to do this. She false accused me. So I just want to ask you, do you think I was wrong for leaving the church? Or should I have stayed there and Well, you have to be led by the Spirit, and I can't tell any person what they need to do and not do concerning things of that other than sin. Um, the Bible talks about that if, you, if someone has offense against you, to leave your gift at the altar and go and speak to them and bring it before them, that, that's a good thing you could do. Um, that's your option, and that's a very sad thing to, to do that, because the Bible says judge righteous judgment, and that wasn't righteous judgment that very, there was something that she didn't know, and yet she assumed and became an accuser of the brethren, right. which is a very bad place to be. And uh, for her sake, I, I, I think it would be good, even though you're not going there anymore and don't have any intentions of going there, for her sake, I, I would like, I would, if the Lord directs you maybe to go to her and say, I just want you to know that you falsely accused me. Uh, that I, what you said is incorrect, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it, it was very painful to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any bitterness in my heart towards you. Make sure there's nothing there, nothing there that's that's you know toward her in an evil way. Right. But I want to help you because uh, you falsely accused me, and I I don't want you to go to judgment with this. I want to help you that you can get get this thing take care of for your sake. Mm-hmm. Um, You did, you did tell? I did this week, spoke over the phone. Okay. I, I was just led of the Spirit to call her. Yeah, I, I said that. That's and good. I told her, I said, the, uh, the, the thought you had against me, I said, had the whole congregation thinking something negative of me. I said, I just want to let you know that that's not the truth. That's good. I said, I'm praying for a husband. Forgiveness there, you, you can't forgive her in a way that she's really forgiven before God. She's got to get that forgiveness from God. And the only way she can get that is through repentance. Right. So she's not in a good state if she's still harboring at her without godly sorrow and repentance to you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, the scripture does say that if someone sins against us and they come to us, and ask forgiveness that we are to forgive them, you know, yeah. but she yeah. never even came to you. You don't want to harbor any bitterness in your heart. You want to make sure there's nothing there, right. but she still has to, you yeah. can't forgive her for her sin. She's, she's still got that account with the Lord because yeah. she never got it off by coming to you and talking to you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good thing. If I was in your situation, uh, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I think you did exactly what's right, and I would have left there uh, because you can't uh, you can't respect and honor because somebody's doing that and you can't support them, then it's better that you move on. So I hope that answers somewhat, but I think you did the right thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank okay. you, Jesus. I did.
what you got. <laughs> I just love this song. I gotta sing it. I didn't know how to sing the songs of Zion. Well, I was lost in sin. Well, all of my life was weeping and sighing. I had no peace within. But then one day he spoke my name He gave new life to me And now I've taken my heart down Off of that willow tree I've taken my heart down Come on man Off the willow tree My heart is singing the victory My past is forgiven My home is in heaven All the glory is gone The glory has shown And now I'm free Take your heart down off that willow Take your heart down off that tree Every sorrow has been taken and place the victory. Come on, man. So let's sing the song of Zion and shout them all night long. For we living in the city of Zion. Take your heart down for me. I've taken my heart down. Off the willow tree, yes, Lord. My heart is singing the victory. My past is forgiven. My home is in heaven, yes, Lord. All the sorrow is gone, the glory has shown, and now I'm free. Yes, hallelujah. Let's all stand. I just love being with the people of God. What a blessing tonight. Thank you all for coming. Hallelujah. Blessed to have you. Braxton, thank you for bringing your mom and dad. <laughs> No, that's okay. They happen to be. Mine's been dripping too. My eyes are dripping. I thought y'all were going to say, well, he's crying the whole time. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Thank you, Lord. It's so great to have you with us tonight, big guy. Probably got somebody bigger than me over here, huh? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Let's take this time now. The Lord said to do this in remembrance of him. They were there, and they were like us. They were all together, him and his 12 disciples in the room. And we're having the Last Supper. And uh, Jesus took the bread, and he lifted it up. He said, this is my body. And he said, that I'm going to give for you. Yes, love. I want you to partake of this. I want you to eat my body, and I want you to drink my blood. But before you do this, the scripture says that examine your heart. Mm -hmm. 
Is there anything there, any sin, anything there that you haven't fully repented? Do so. Make it right with God. Yeah. Totally repent. Totally turn. Say, no, I'm not going that way anymore. Change your mind. I'm not active. I'm not living like that anymore. But Jesus took that bread and he lifted it up and he, after he had broke, broke it. And he said, take this, every one of you, and eat it. And they eat of it. After they had eaten of the bread, he took the cup. He said, this is the blood of the New Testament, which I shed of my own blood for the remission of your sins. I want you to take this blood and drink of me. Marianne, may I ask you to pray tonight? Would you close in prayer for us? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father Lord, we all come before you, Father Lord God. Yes. Humble ourselves, oh God. Acknowledging, oh God, that we're forever in need of you. Yes, Lord. Yes. Father, we just thank you. Father, the service yes, we had in you tonight, yes. Father. Yes, Lord. Lord God, we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, my yes. Jesus. Yes, my yes. And oh my God, I ask that you watch over us all this week, Lord. Yes. yes. Protect us, oh God. Yes, God. Thank you. Keep us near you. Yes, Lord. Lord God, keep us near you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And oh God, I just thank you. I give you all the glory, all the honor, <coughs> and all the praises because you're worthy. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, sister. Wonderful. We got a we got a, a happy birthday cake for Don Griggs in the kitchen. What? How about that, Don? Belated <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Doug. Happy birthday to you. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you all on Skype for tuning in and YouTube. It's great to have you tonight. Uh, we'll see you soon and uh, some more great times. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all your input and for being here with us tonight. God bless you. Amen. God bless everyone. God bless. Amen. Thank you. God bless. Amen. That was really good. All right. Man, <laughs> we want to see you often, okay? Come be with us, man. We want to have you with us. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes. Thank you. 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 Thank you.